If you have the Bible, I'd like to start tonight's message by reading in the 25th or 23rd chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23. Bible says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, and now the rest of what I'm going to read is all in red letters. That means Jesus is speaking. It's important to listen when God talks. Bible says the scribes and the Pharisees sat in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves would not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. And we'll stop there and you may be seated. As you're seated, I will read another passage of scripture that uh, helps us in our beginning text for the message. In the third chapter of the book of Romans, I'd like to begin reading in verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith uh, in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where then, where is boasting then? That's an important statement. It is excluded by what law of works, nay, but by the law of faith. So we can't brag about our salvation because we had nothing to do with it. We can only give glory to God for it. Passage of scriptures that I read, they used one of the words boasting. Boasting is something that self might glorify in. And what happens then is that a Christian, if he's not careful, takes credit for something that only God enabled him to do. And he receives glory for that which only belongs to God. And um, the Bible says here, because of all that's been done for us, boasting has to be excluded. And that means to shut it out. Don't take credit for it. The scripture is a, this scripture is a profile on pride. Self-pride is deadly to Christian service. And it is deadly to the salvation of a sinner. I want you to look with me in the book of Proverbs for a moment. 
We'll go back to the Old Testament and we'll look at Proverbs of the 16th chapter. In chapter 16, I want to read, first of all, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. Then I want you to go to the 29th chapter of Proverbs. I like to use a lot of God's word when I preach. Bible says in the 29th chapter and verse 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Then I want you to go with me to the book of Daniel. In Daniel's prophecies, we'll look at chapter 5, and here we will read verse 20. Daniel is um, dealing with Belshazzar, who is uh, the king after Nebuchadnezzar, and he is a very proud man. And in the fifth chapter and verse 20, Daniel says this to him, but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Pride can cause you to lose it all. Amen. Pride means arrogancy. It means haughtiness. It means a swelling. Often we think of outside forces when we think of the enemies to Christian life and Christian service. But let me point out tonight that maybe the greatest enemy may lie, with, lie within us. It is called pride. Some years ago, I was in a missionary's home, staying there, and one day I was sitting in the living room and I saw a book laying there on the little table. I picked it up, thumbed through it, and I came to a very interesting story. It's strange the way God sends messages to you. Uh, I've gotten messages by watching crabs on the seashore. I have a sermon called Crab Town that uh, I got because I was sitting there watching the crabs build a town. I went out four mornings because every morning the tide would come in and wash their town away. They didn't give up. They came back the next day and did the same thing. I watched them for four days and all of a sudden I said, hey, there's a sermon in this. <laughs> so I got a sermon on Crab Town that I preach once in a while. Well, as I began to read through that book, I read a very interesting story that intrigued me. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And for weeks, I kept thinking about that story that I had read. It was a true story. And all of a sudden, I decided there must be a sermon in this. And here's what happened. A church of average size was going to have a revival meeting. And the pastor had hired just a young man, young man starting out in the ministry. 
And he called him into the office and he said, now you know that we're going to start a revival Sunday. And that, it was Saturday then. And he said, I want you to go out and pick up our evangelist. Well, they had chosen an evangelist that uh, was a very, very famous pastor. A pastor of a very large church and a very large ministry. And so the young preacher was so excited that he was going to get to go out there and pick up that famous preacher and be alone with him for a few moments. And he said, boy, this is my chance to find out what his secret is to being in the ministry and being where he is in the position he's in now. I'm going to have the opportunity to be alone with him and find out what his secret is. So he waited and got the preacher, they got in a car, and they started driving. And he began to ask him, he said, Pastor, you're a great pastor. You have an outstanding ministry. Uh, it is far beyond most ministries. And he said, I'd just like to ask you if you could give me the secret to your success, the secret to where you have been put today, the position that you are in. And as they were driving along, the pastor, famous pastor, asked him to pull the car over to the side of the road. And um, we, they were out kind of in the country. And he said, what do you see out here? Well, he said, I see a field and I see a row of fences. And here's a fence. This is a fence post, if you wondered what that was. That's a fence post. And he said to the young preacher, he said, do you notice anything different about those fence posts? No, he said, look all look normal to me. Look like uh, just any other fence post. He said, well, why don't you take a closer look? And as he did, he saw something different on one of the fence posts. In fact, he said, hey, that is a turtle sitting on top of the fence post. And uh, the famous preacher said, that's right. And he said to the young preacher, how do you suppose that turtle got there? Well, he said, he can't run and jump up there because that turtles don't do that. He can't climb up uh, that post. So they don't do that. They can't do that. They don't have the ability to do that. The, 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 young, the old preacher said, well, how do you suppose that turtle got there? And he said, well, preacher, the only thing I can think of is that somebody must have put him there. And immediately that young preacher found out the secret to that old preacher's ministry. The preacher said, that turtles me. He said, I am where I am today. I'm doing what I'm doing today. 
I have the ministry I have today because somebody else put me there. And he said that somebody else was almighty God. He didn't take any credit for building a great church, having a great ministry and having so many different phases of ministry that went out from that one church. He gave God the glory. He took no personal pride or glory for what he had done. And he used that turtle on a fence post. So I thought, well, I'll make a sermon on turtle on a fence post. And that's what I'm going to preach on tonight. Turtle on a fence post. I want you to turn to a passage of Scripture in the book of Genesis, the second chapter. In Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read first of all verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. How did Adam get in the Garden of Eden? He was put there by God. Then go down to verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The Garden of Eden must have been a beautiful place. It was a place that was supplied all his needs. And the reason he was in that beautiful place is not by any effort of his own or anything he might have done, but God put him in that garden. Another case of God placing someone. Now go with me to 1 Timothy in the New Testament. And I want to look at chapter 1. And I want us to listen in 1 Timothy chapter 1. I want us to listen to verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. That's Paul the Apostle speaking to a young preacher. He's telling him that he is where he is in the ministry because God put him there. Just like the turtle on a fence post was put there by somebody. Almighty God put Paul the Apostle in the ministry. What a background, terrible background he had, and yet God changed it all, and then God used him and put him where he wanted him to be. We who are in the ministry have to be very careful that we allow God to put us where he wants us to be. Even the child of God in the church has to be very careful that you allow God to put you where he wants to use you. And you've got to be very careful that you don't take any credit. You don't let pride cause you to steal the glory that belongs to God for where he has put you. I thought about that, all of that experience that young preacher had and how the old preacher told him, 
how he got where he was. And it caused me to think of some other things. Causes me to think of my salvation, causes me to think of your salvation. How did you get saved? How did you get where you are in Christ Jesus? Because when you got saved, you were placed in Christ Jesus. And that is the position you have tonight. If you are a child of God, you are in Christ Jesus. How'd you get there? See, I want you to notice a passage in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Bible says in verse 31, the Philippian jailer asked a very important question. He said, what must I do to be saved? How do you get saved? How do you get in Christ? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So they gave him the right answer. You can't save yourself. There's no works you can do that will be acceptable enough for God to save you. You get saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, because the moment you believe you are placed in Christ Jesus, you have that position, not because you did anything or tried to purchase it with silver or gold or do it or obtain it by works of righteousness, but you were put there because you trusted in Christ and the Holy Spirit took you and you were outside of Christ and he put you in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit did that work in your life the moment you were saved. So you cannot take any credit for it. You cannot um, glorify yourself in it. I want you to go now with me to Second Thessalonians and we'll look at chapter two. And I want to read verse 13. Bible says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. I am placed in Christ by no effort of my own. I am placed in Christ by the power of the Spirit of God. So I was put there by someone else. Amen. Amen. I was not one that could purchase my redemption. Peter tells us that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I want you to notice another passage of Scripture in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In this passage, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. It was a church that had big problems. One of their problems is some of them were taking glory that belonged to God. They were taking credit for things that they should have given God the credit for. So Paul addresses them. 
here in this passage of Scripture. I want to begin reading in verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. See, it's not by our choice, it's by His choice. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in His presence. God has designed a plan of salvation for which we can take no glory. We cannot um, say, look what I did. I was part of working for my salvation because the Bible tells us that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy hath He saved us. We're saved by the grace of God. We're put in the position of being in Christ by someone else. We didn't do it ourselves. Just as that turtle had to have somebody else put him on top of the fence post. And then I thought about also this matter of Christian service. Uh, when we go into Christian service, we ought to be very careful that we get put where we are supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to do, not by our own choice, but by the Lord. Amen. Whether it's an associate pastor or a pastor, a full-time Christian worker, or a worker in the church that's taking a Sunday school class or driving a bus or being a bus worker, doing visitation, whatever it is that we're doing, we've been put there by someone else and we better not take glory for it ourselves. We better give him the glory. I want you to notice what Paul said to young Timothy. He was like this preacher I was talking about. He was an older preacher dealing with a younger preacher. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, I want you to notice what the Bible says here in verse uh, 12. So, uh, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12. And I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He gave God the credit for putting him where he was. If you're in the bus ministry, give God the glory for putting you where you are. If you're a Sunday school teacher, give God the glory for putting you where you are. Don't take the credit that belongs to God, the glory that belongs to God to yourself. That's a dangerous thing for any Christian to do. We did not choose in fact, the Bible tells us in John chapter 15, I'd like you to go there. In John chapter 15, we'll look at um, verse 16. Bible says, ye, ye have not chosen me, Jesus speaking, 
But I have chosen you and ordained that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. God has a purpose for every one of our lives. Every child of God here can do something for the Lord if you will let him place you, put you where he wants you and not try to get there on your own. That's the secret. I believe that you are called to be a Sunday school teacher as much as our pastor is called to be a pastor. I believe those are all callings from God and God knows where he wants to put you and you can't take credit for being where God puts you. You have to give him the honor and the praise and the glory. We did not choose him. He chose us. Thank God for that. So we are chosen by God for a purpose and he has a place where he wants to put us, a place that we could not reach on our own. We would not be able to put ourselves in the same position that God can put us in. If we try that, we'll make a miserable failure of it. But if we let God place us and give him the glory and the honor, then he will bear fruit out of our lives, the Bible says. We are his workmanship created unto good works that we should walk in them. So I want to say that we need to, this little message, not very long, but to the point, beware of boasting as a child of God. Beware of boasting and saying, look what I'm doing for God. Uh, look what I'm accomplishing for the Lord. Because if you are accomplishing anything, it's because he put you in a position and blessed you where that you could do something for him that would bring honor and glory to his name. Beware of pride. Pride is a dangerous thing in the life of a child of God. It kills Christian service. We need to remember that we are where we are, we are what we are because somebody else put us there. And that somebody else was Almighty God. We're just like that turtle on a fence post. Let's bow together for prayer. <clears throat> As our heads are bowed just before I pray, so that I'll know how to pray. It may be that you are here and you say, preacher, I think that I kind of feel that I've taken credit for what position I'm in serving the Lord. I need to give God more honor and more glory for placing me where he put me. Would you remember me in prayer tonight? Anyone like that tonight in the audience? God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you, yes. I need to recognize that I'm where I am because God put me there. 
And I need to give him all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. Pray for me. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Yes. If I don't see your hand, God sees it. That's what's important. Perhaps we might have need for some tonight to come to the altar and say, God, forgive me for taking credit for what you've done in my life. I want to live my life for you. I want to bring glory to you. I want to honor you. I don't want to be guilty of pride. I don't want to be guilty of taking credit for something you have accomplished in my life and through me. Tonight, if you're here and you're not saved, you're outside of Christ. And if you ever get saved, it's because you allow Jesus Christ to become your Savior and you allow the Holy Spirit to place you in Christ. You can't do anything on your own to get there, but you can come and God will place you in Christ tonight. If you're not saved and you'd like to be saved, you'd like to be in Christ, would you slip up your hand for prayer? Remember me in prayer. I'm not saved. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell if I died tonight. Pray for me. Anyone like that in our service tonight? All right, let's stand together for prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to Thee in Jesus' holy and precious name. Help us to realize how humbled we ought to be because we are in the position you placed us in. We are saved because you placed us in Christ. We have the privilege of serving you because you chose us and you put us where we could never put ourselves. Help us, Lord, to be grateful. Help us to surrender completely our pride. May we not take any credit for what you accomplished through us, but may we give all the glory and the praise unto thee. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.